it's very deceiving. Like some of the sections we had, it's 39, let's say 39 kilometer hike with uh, 2,400 elevation. And if you would just try to calculate that, it's very simple. I know from my ultra running experience that even if I walk, like it's going to take me maximum 12 hours with that elevation, but it's deceiving, as I said. So that particular leg took us 41 hours because terrain was so rough that there was no chance we could move quicker than two kilometers per hour. This is the Metal Set. Hi, this is Dawn, an ultra cyclist and sports PR specialist. And I'm Afshan, an endurance athlete and journalist. And we're on a quest to bring you stories of tenacity, courage, and metal. From athletes in the Middle East and beyond. Ultra running and adventure sport athlete Ivana Kolarik is back with us for this episode, where she talks about her most recent and very exciting multi-day non-stop adventure in New Zealand, Godzone, also known as the largest expedition race in the world. For those of you who haven't heard our first chat with Ivana on the podcast, where she tells us what makes her push her limits in sports and discusses her self-supported Trans-Balkan ultra cycling race in 2022, don't worry, we'll link that episode in our show notes. We had to get Ivana back on because we were excitedly following her as she did this 558-kilometer multi-discipline challenge that involved 136 kilometers of trekking, 310 kilometers of mountain biking, 47 kilometers of canoeing and 65 kilometers of kayaking over 12 stages, which her team of four had to finish in eight and a half days. We don't just want to take you back in time with stories of athletes as they grow in their sports, but we aim to bring you their experiences from their challenges and find out how others can get involved. And that's exactly what we got from her roller coaster journey through the Fjordlands of New Zealand. We talk about how the team of four, Luke, Ivana, Nikolai, and Adrian was formed, packing gear, navigating it with only a physical map and compass, no technology allowed, the nurturing role of the support crew that met them at the different stages, highlights and lowlights, and how this race promotes a spirit of participation for everyone with its equitable rules. And we find out that navigating a bush in New Zealand requires a different skill altogether. One that they couldn't have done without their master navigator, Adrian, who we would also like on all our adventures. Was this her hardest challenge? And would she do it again? Keep listening. Ivana, so glad to have you back on the podcast. The last time we spoke to you, you were one of our first guests. And this was back in October when we launched the podcast. And we're so happy to have you back because you've done so many races since then. One being multi-day adventure race, which is probably one of the greatest races there is out there. It's called God Zone. So uh, start off by telling us a little bit about God Zone. Thank you so much, Afshan. And thank you, Dawn, for having me again. I am a such a big fan of your podcast and um, I think everyone should tune in if they haven't already and listen thank to you. all the episodes oh thank you <laughs> so much fun and with all honesty I feel so motivated to do my workouts and my training after listening to your podcast and I think I've been messaging to all the people that you've been interviewing to just say how big of an inspiration all these women are that there is also a man there but I know this guy <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking particularly about women that you're interviewing and 
I think you're doing a really, really great job for giving all these people voice and allowing other listeners to hear their stories. So thank you for that. Really appreciate it. Oh, gosh, I'm blushing. Thank you. Both of you. Really, thank you. That's so nice to hear. Yeah. So, Ivana, you've got to tell us because the reason we exist is because athletes like you do amazing stuff. (laughs) And uh, this adventure race caught caught our fancy, especially because we saw you on this journey on Instagram and it intrigued us. Mm -hmm. So uh, God's Zone happens in New Zealand and it is considered one of the world's largest expedition race. So tell us how you heard about it and what it's all about. Wow, so it's um, it's a long story. Not a long story, but I've heard about the race a couple of years ago after I did my expedition or adventure race eco challenge. And it was kind of on my radar because one of the friends we used to train with did this race before. And it was like, wow, New Zealand would be amazing, but it's so far away. It's hard to find a team. And uh, nevertheless, Luke was the initiator. He signed up for the race it was before COVID actually, but obviously COVID happened, raising that happened. And it was kind of off our radar. We were starting doing different things. Uh, and Luke is your partner. Luke is my partner. Yeah. Yes. Those who might not know, <laughs> Luke is everywhere with me. We're always together. So he was like, you know, we have signed up for this race. So now it's on. Shall we do it? And like, wow, like I would really love to do it, but we don't have a team. <laughs> so it was all, I would love to do it, but chances of us doing it are really poor. But somehow, I mean, when, it, when it's meant to be, it's meant to be. So we, we managed to assemble the team. Um, I think everything started rolling from November and race was just now a couple of weeks ago. And we found two teammates uh, that are based in New Zealand and it happened. The race race was on and all of a sudden like, oh, we are racing. But I also want to mention one thing that um, when I met Luke uh, three years ago, I actually met him through friends who recommended that this guy might be a good candidate for the adventure race that I was preparing for at that time. So I was in another team and I was looking for a teammate. And I bumped into Luke and was like, would you like to be on my team for the adventure race? Also pre-COVID, <laughs> like, <that laughs> never unfortunately happened. I was like, Luke, wow, I would love to. I'm looking also into adventure racing, but I haven't found a team. And that's how it started. <laughs> so, and eventually we ended up being together, but the dream of doing the race never happened until now. So we well, finally managed to do the race together. <laughs> I think I think this is probably testament to the strength of your relationship. If you started out doing adventure races together, you know, know. you're compatible. <laughs> yeah, given that you're, you're literally thrown into the deep end, right? Uh, especially yeah. with God's Zone, you'll have to tell us exactly what the disciplines are in this because yeah. I, I'm and assuming length. you have to do a lot. And the distances. Yeah, it's it was uh, 560 kilometers of um, different sports. Basically, it was uh, trekking, mountain biking, canoeing, and kayaking uh, over 12 stages. But these stages were also divided into checkpoints. So we had around 40 checkpoints, I believe. But stages is when you meet your support crew. So and stages when you change the sport. So for example, uh, we had we started off with mountain bike, which was which was the first stage. Then second stage was canoe, and that's when we meet our support crew, and then we change literally all the gear, uh, get into the canoes, continue, and then so on and so forth. In total, we had five mountain bike bike stages. It was 310 kilometers off road, 
and we had, I believe, four track stages, around 140 kilometers. And we had two can canoe stages, around 50 kilometers, and one kayak stage, which was initially was supposed to 85K, but then they, they had to change it to 65 because the, the water level was not um, good enough for us to, to kayak that long. So that, I mean, it was, um, it was amazing to just think that we managed to cover this distance in, in seven day time. Plus with the elevation we had, it was um, um, 10,000, over 10,000 meters of elevation gain. Wow. But if you think it's just, you can't, you don't count um, a river leg uh, into elevation. So only track and mountain bike actually were 10,000. Uh, so 10,000 those yeah. two, that's a lot. It's yeah. <laughs> not a lot for those um, hiking, tr trekking legs. That was really a lot, much more than would you expect you you would expect when you do a, a trail run. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. yeah, and you mentioned the eco challenge before. You know, you had done that. When you agreed to do God Zone, did you think it would be quite similar? And was yeah. it similar? Definitely, the concept is the same. There, there were. Um, there was a little bit of difference between these two in terms of the organization of the race. I found some of the rules uh, EcoChallenge had were a little bit kind of harder and than the one that um, the Godzon had. For example, the main difference between EcoChallenge and Godzon was that we didn't know at all in EcoChallenge what is going to be the stage, what the stage is going to be like. So we didn't know if... Uh, we have mountain bike first or we have canoe first. We didn't know what's next. We didn't know the distances. So there was nothing there. It was just sent us out with a set of maps and they would give us a set of map every three or four days. So we could we could know in those two to three days what to expect, but then further on, no clue. So it was very hard to prepare and uh, it was hard to organize our food ratios because we don't know how long the leg is going to take. It was much harder in that sense, whereas in uh, God's On, we knew three days beforehand that we have 12 stations, 12 stages. We know exactly how long is going to each of the stage take in terms, terms of distance so we could prepare all the food and all the gear. So that was much easier. But on the other hand, my perception of Eco Challenge was it was much harder because it, it, this was my first long race, first adventure race. And experience of eco challenge was shocking. Like I, it was like, is this possible at all? It was really, I really, I think I needed this shock. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just think like you said, you know, you're like thankful for them telling you three days in advance what you're gonna do. I'm like, what? Well, I was very surprised because I was like, okay, well, I I will not know anything, so. I was like, what a surprise that you actually tell me what I'm going to be doing. Oh, this, <laughs> this is amazing. How great it is. But on the other hand, I listened to a podcast that is just released about Eco Challenge, sorry, about uh, God's On, about chapter 11 that we did in Fjordland. And they said, um, they interviewed some of the teams that did Eco Challenge. And one of the teams that did Eco Challenge in 2019, as I did, they said that three days in God's On counted as six days in eco challenge oh so wow it was much harder <laughs> but i guess um you had experience you had a yeah. little experience so it, it felt yeah i different. progressed as an athlete much yeah 
more than I was like in 2019. Which is what I wanted to ask. I mean, um, after doing the Eco Challenge, and you said because obviously it was your first one, you didn't know what to expect. And of course, you weren't told as well while you were going along the challenge. What were some of the learnings that you could then implement in the next adventure race that you took on, which is God Zone? Yeah, the, the the learning was that the state because the, the learning I took from Eco Challenge was do not rely on the time frames mm. because relying on time frames makes you really mentally unprepared for what's going ahead because it's not gonna last five hours six hours don't put any any frame time frame in head just you know it's gonna last just don't put yourself in the box, which was actually very helpful because some of the stages for God's on were 40 hours long. So nothing prepares you for that yeah. unless you had similar experiences. So it's kind of like mentally, mentally I was more prepared for unexpected because I did Eco Challenge before. It's very deceiving. Like some of the sections we had, it's 39, let's say 39 kilometer hike with uh, 2,400 elevation. And if you would just try to calculate that, it's very simple. I know from my ultra running experience that even if I walk, like it's going to take me maximum 12 hours with that elevation, but it's deceiving, as I said. So that particular leg took us 41 hours because terrain was so rough that there was no chance we could move quicker than two kilometers per hour. Yeah. And I you're navigating this terrain with a map uh, well luckily it was like a, a physical map <laughs> yeah we got a set of um, maps and compass and one teammate was a navigator um it was not luke and i definitely we would never ever be able to finish this race if it wasn't for our teammate adrian so he was exceptional navigator so if it wasn't for him we definitely wouldn't finish the race he was master in i mean on that, so, I mean, this is a natural segue into talking about the team formation and how important the team was. Yeah. You know, yeah. how did you form the team? So there's you and Luke and then Adrian, who is the master navigator. Yeah. <laughs> there was one other person on your team. How did how did you all come together? Well, it's quite a funny story. So basically, um, back in November, Luke met one of his childhood friends in Europe. And he was telling him about this adventure race God's on and how amazing it is and how he's planning to participate with me, but he doesn't have a teammate. And the guy was like, tell me more about it. Maybe I'll be interested. And it ended up that this guy accepted to do the race with us. And it happened that he's moving to New Zealand. Like um, next month, I'm moving to New Zealand. I would be a perfect candidate. Um, he actually didn't have any... He had a sports background, but he, the last, thing, last time he did sports was 20 years ago. <laughs> but it was his 40th, uh, 40th birthday coming up. And he was like, this is perfect. This is a call for me to get fitter. And we, we just met up over Zoom call. I like these sort of midlife crisis. Yeah, it's good, right? It just makes sense. <laughs> Instead of buying a car, I guess. <laughs> but it, I think it's it's a very important thing for him. It's I think it's going to definitely change his life. And... He is now seriously taking sports and competing, ho hopefully competing again in God's on some what's, of the... Oh, what's wow. his name? Sorry? Nikolai. Nikolai. So Nikolai sounds like he likes the deadline. <laughs> Nikolai, <laughs> well, let me tell you about... He's a barrister. 
and he's so well organized. Oh wow! He had three months to prepare for the God's on. He put his life on pause just to prepare for the God's on, and bless him, what he achieved in three months was astonishing. I, I don't know any person who would say yes to a crazy adventure like that. Start from the scratch, no equipment, nothing. So he started from zero, had to buy the bike. He moved to a new place. So he was so, he's amazing. Like he infiltrated into community, managed to find Adrian, who is a top athlete. He participated, uh, Adrian participated in God's Own already a couple of times. Exceptional navigator, mountain guide, mountain rescue person. So Nikolai oh, wow. was a teammate <laughs> in only three months. Uh, this guy really made race possible for us. Unfortunately, he um, got injured the second day. So he was not able to continue the race with us for the full course. Mm. Um, he had some knee issue and he had to pull out on day two. Luckily, he was fine. Uh, no major injury, just a little bit overused knee. And luckily, he was able to join us on the last day. Uh, the organizers feel super relaxed about it. And he joined us on the last day. So we finished the race together. This is another thing that's different, mm -hmm. I think, in, yes. in this race, yes. right? That you can finish the race even if a teammate cannot continue with you or joins you for certain legs. So tell us a little bit about how the race is structured in that way. Yes, I also was not familiar with that part. Um, I think what the race organizer did is really amazing. It happened to a lot of teams that they lost a team or, or one team member or two team members. It really happens. You can't predict. It's such a long, long race yeah. and all sorts of things can happen. So it wouldn't, wouldn't be fair towards the rest of the team if they are capable and they're willing to continue to stop the race, which was the case in, in Fiji. So one person is out, you're out. But race organizers allow team to continue as long as they two people in the team. Uh, at least, to continue till the end of the race. However, we were unranked because we didn't finish as a full team of four. I think it for, it's so important to foster like that spirit of uh, participation, right? Like, and to show that, you know, everyone's worthy of getting to the finish yeah. line. And one more thing that is also very different and very important with this race is they allowed female teams only to participate. The concept of the race, adventure race, is that you have to have teams of four and has to be one person of opposite sex. Mm -hmm. So you can either have three male and one female or three male and one female, which most of the people uh, opt to, to have one female only in a team. But they only also have teams of um, four women, which is really amazing. And I, I promise you, I haven't seen that many ladies participating in adventure race because it's definitely one of the hardest thing I probably have ever done and I consider adventure race to be the most the hardest actually sport because it's a combination of many different mm -hmm. sports and also you have to be mentally prepared for what's ahead so having that many ladies is really amazing to see that sports is changing towards empowering more women to do these kind of activities I love that I mean it's a big conversation because I've just finished quite a long race but you know a lot about how do we make these races more welcoming towards women and you know have policies around finishing and categories of finish so that you know people are encouraged to come join yeah. and it's 
just not, you know, one mistake and you're out or your team is out because you put so much effort into training and these are hard with money. And as an example, if you do the thing, you do the thing, right? (laughs) If someone on your team can't finish it, does that take away from you doing the thing? (laughs) No. Yeah. True. Yeah. It it was really amazing what they did. And if I remember my experience from eco challenge, we unfortunately were not able to finish the race and we got kind of DNF'd on day three because one of our teammates had a bike accident, car hit him. So we were not able to finish race because um, his bike was fully damaged. And it took me probably months to recover from that shock that he didn't finish the race, but we we were not given a choice. Mm -hmm. And even though my friend was perfectly fine, my teammates, so we we got cleared from the doctor that he's fine to finish the race. Luckily, he was not scratched. But I was so low on energy and I was so demotivated mm. the race because we put so 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 much effort into this race it was months and months of training and preparing for it you literally live and breathe this race yeah and then day three and you're done and it's like like it's a shock yeah which really I don't think organizers are thinking about it when they when they made these rules yeah, I think, you know, note to race organizers, adventure race organizers, ultra cycling race organizers, take note, you know, take yeah. note of these policies because I think they work, you know, it's all about adventure. It's, and not penalizing, know, right? Race. Like you're, you don't want to penalize them for a tiny mistake on a very, very hard challenge. Yeah, and, and these guys even allowed, they were kind of some some sort of um, cutoff times during during the race in cert- on certain legs. But by, if by any chance team doesn't um, come on time, they would short course them. Mm. So a short course means like maybe cutting 10 kilometers or 20 kilometers uh, from the next leg and they allow them to continue. So I love it's, that. It's just really amazing. Yeah, I think it's great. And like I said, if you're a race organizer, take note because I think this is the way forward. We want to encourage more people into these races. Now, New Zealand, you made, you kind of alluded to it earlier (laughs) about saying, oh, you had in your mind, if it was this certain amount, you know, what is it? 39 kilometer trek. You had in your mind how quickly you could possibly do that. So tell us where in New Zealand this race was and, you know, what skills you needed based on the terrain. (laughs) Well, I, we definitely didn't have the skills to move efficiently through the terrain of New Zealand. It was one of the most remote, I would say, terrains in New Zealand. It was in Fjordland National Park and the terrain was very rugged. Um, Trek was through the bush, but bush is, (laughs) there there are levels of bush, they call it (laughs) bush, and there is bush bush, and there is Bush, bush, bush. <laughs> There's New Zealand bush. <laughs> uh, Ivana, just um, just to that, does the route change every year for the yes. challenge? Yes. Okay. Yes, they change every year. This particular route, actually, even within the area, they change the route. But this year, it was Fjordland, which is South Island. And in 2018, they had also Fjordland, but the okay. course was not the same. So they okay. always change. The course disciplines are the same, but they, they slightly change it because this area is huge and it's just so, 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 so beautiful. Really untouched nature, beautiful forest, minus the bush. 
but we were not prepared for the bush. <laughs> it was funny because since Nikolai was in New Zealand already and he had the chance to experience the bush because he and Adrian managed to uh, squeeze in a couple of sessions together. And then I remember we were talking in a Zoom and Nikolai would say, guys, you have to be prepared for the bush. And Luke and I were like, yeah, okay, Nikolai actually is very new to endurance sports. And we're not going to take this. We've been through bushes before. <laughs> guys, do you know that uh, a lot of people end up with broken ankles? It's so common. Please strengthen your ankles. And, you know, there's so many holes in the ground and you can get stuck in. And, you know, it's, the bush is so thick. And I was like, oh, my God, Nikolai is over-exaggerating this. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's Nikolai again with the bush talk. <laughs> wow. But I must admit, he was really good walking through that bush. Luke and I were much slower, like literally. It was so funny watching us. Yeah. Never uh, <laughs> underestimate a bush. I mean, <laughs> Moral of the story. Well, this is also too, I mean, this is quite interesting because you are super fit. <laughs> Well, I thought I was until I met Adrian. So well, and the bush. <laughs> but I think you had but I think you had a really diverse team in that, you know, you guys were really experienced. Adrian's a really good navigator, has done it a couple of times. Yeah, and then, different you know, skills. Nikolai, yeah, and Nikolai, who's who knows about the bush, <laughs> but is <laughs> but is quite new to this. So like what you know, what would you say? What kind of fitness level did you need to to do this race? And, you know, were you <laughs> Do you feel like you could have done anything differently, like in your training? Yeah, so we definitely could work more on some of the skills required for the race, like um, kayaking or canoeing. So um, paddling was important part of it. And we had quite a long section of kayak, which was 65K, 15 hours on the water. If the technique is not right, you can feel every single muscle. And of course, you won't be as efficient. Hmm. So we could have put a lot more effort into, into that. We, but how would you have done that here? You would have to go to Alain, maybe? Or what would you have to do? Or to Abu Dhabi? Just, or? No, we, we actually have kayaks. Luke and I invested ah, in right. these kayaks. So we have uh, surf skis. And we live literally on the beach. Mm-hmm. We're super guilty for not training for this at all. Because <laughs> we are both of us, we are into cycling and into mountain, sorry, into mountain biking, road biking, running. But water sports... Mm, not so much so we thought it's going to be fine it was actually fine but we could really for the next next race we really need to focus on on getting that that done the the proper technique Mm -hmm. because it's really painful if you are just muscling it yeah and, and not using the proper technique Right. So, uh, but then also for safety reasons, this um, this race mandates that you have a support team. So yes. tell us how you got the support team together and what role they played for yeah. for you during the entire race. The most important, I guess, role was the, the role of the support team. They were uh, just amazing. We were lucky, as I said, Adrian's wife, has been supporting him before in the past and she knows everything about um, how to handle this um, so she was one of our support team and we have another guy that was helping Nikolai with uh, uh, paddling so he also knew how this works and he's from New Zealand so support crew was their, their main job was to make sure we have all the equipment gather on the spot that they feed us when we need 
So they were following us. So they knew exactly when we are coming. Uh, but not only and that. And they could track you? Was there a tracker? Yeah. Perfect. So they could track us, but they couldn't be involved in helping us with navigation. And they also couldn't use any phones in front of us. So we don't take advantage of possible routes on the Google Maps or similar. So, but it's not only that, it's um, just their presence felt amazing because we knew we are safe and, you know, it's food is coming and they're going to give us hugs. And just, <laughs> you know, and, I mean, they were literally like kind of like a, you're lost in the in the desert and you are fi- you find oasis. So that that that's what they were for us. And they were super calm. And every stranger oh. becomes a friend. No, it's it's just it's all you need is just a hug. Yeah. And they say you guys are doing great. Well done. Keep going. You're we well maybe that was not, that was probably a lie that we are doing great. <laughs> but you know, just the <laughs> it's and I remember Steph, the, the wife of Adrian, she is so good. Like she literally knows what, what you need. But, and for example, she asked me a question, do you want, I don't know, mince pie or you want uh, lasagna? And I'm like, uh, like you can't make a decision. It's just your brain is so dead. Like it just, you are just like a robot. No decisions made. I said, okay, okay, I'll give you this. And she would literally go around and feed me or, and all of us because we are, like uh, what's next what do we do let's go this take me give me that we were so confused so they literally were doing everything for us to just help us go smoothly through that transition and sometimes hug was really needed some some days were tougher and it was um and without them we wouldn't be able to ever make this possible wow so you saw them at 12 points along the race the 12 no we saw them at uh, nine points i believe because or 11, uh, 10 points because two of the checkpoints were remote mm-hmm. so they would go and drop off or actually the race organizers would just drop off the, the bag with the gear and we also had some food there and we couldn't see them on those two checkpoints earlier in the race so I think it was checkpoint four and five so you're speaking about you know the race your support crew are bringing all your equipment and everything now you know with what is it? Four different disciplines. It seemed like there was a lot of gear. <laughs> we we're following you on Instagram. Like, did you have everything you needed? Did you like, what was your kit list? Like, did, what were you missing? What worked really well? What wouldn't you have done? <laughs> How did you get it all from Dubai? We, we already know that you, yeah, you were in excess of luggage, right? Definitely had access to luggage. <laughs> it was 120 kilograms of um, luggage. So we, we only knew three days before the race what it's going to be looking like, the, the 12 legs. But we came to New Zealand seven days beforehand. So we didn't have insight of the checkpoints. So we literally took all the gear we had from Dubai, like all shoes, all t-shirts, all long sleeves, everything. And then we just packed up all the bags, emptied all the wardrobes and went to New Zealand. We had plenty of clothes. <laughs> Actually, probably much more than we needed. Mm-hmm. So we prepared a set of cold clothes, set of uh, short sleeves for each of the legs because you also didn't know how the weather is going to be and what time of the day, um, actually, whether we're going to be racing uh, nighttime or daytime. So we were pretty prepared for it. Mm-hmm. But most of the times we wouldn't change all, the, all these clothes at all. So... What was the weather like there, like during the race? Cold. For us, it was cold. 
<laughs> I don't think I don't think people realize how like soft when it comes to cold we get in the Middle East. Like I am Canadian, but I cannot take cold now. You've like, been here for like ten plus years. I think you're done. The the Canada part of you is has no, left no, no, the no. building, oh, done. Everyone knew about Team from Dubai, and I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> you're freezing. <laughs> Were you the only team from the Middle East, um, yes, Ivana? We were the only team from the Middle East. And the mm-hmm. funny thing was that on the second leg, which was canoe leg, from my pre- previous experience, I kind of got hypothermic in Fiji on one of the water legs. And I, in each of the uh, water sections, I um, prepared um, additional um, emergency blanket. I was like, you don't need this. Like, no. <laughs> Adrian, obviously, he lives in New Zealand. And on that second leg, we also had dry suits, but Adrian was like, no, just put a top. You don't need a uh, bottom. It's, it's going to be hot. It's like, okay, Adrian knows. But <laughs> as we finished the second leg, which was already getting into dark, and we had to walk through the water for a little while, I started shivering. Luke started shivering and both of us like, and Adrian like literally had to put clothes he has put everything on me and then all of a sudden Luke is shivering and this guy is like looking at us first time seeing us I mean first time racing with us yeah I was like oh who knows what he thought like these guys five hours into the race and they're already hypothermic like I'm gonna have so much fun <laughs> yeah. you must have had like several I mean, such experiences right during the race where you're like oh my god what are we doing these guys told me that they are like uh, in a good shape and they did this race and that race. And like they, both of them are like literally shivering here in front of me. And it was funny. And as we were walking into the checkpoint and I was still with the emergency blanket walking and this guy's like, guys, you're already cold. Race just started. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I was just having a chat actually earlier, like races I would not do that involve snow or cold. I'm like, yeah. never, ever, ever. I'm with you. I'm with you, Julian. <laughs> Too cold. So you're there. You've started. I mean, we're kind of, you know, we're talking about some experiences on the race, but just take us through the race briefing. Like, who were the other teams there? What was the vibe? What were they telling you and were you concerned or worried i know you before you have your talk with demons did you have your talk with demons um, yeah. on this yeah. race? No, no demon um talk this time because we <laughs> really went to the race race uh we knew this is going to be an adventure we're going to have fun we're not going there just not going to race not going to compete we're just just going to explore new zealand and adrian is the right person to have on a team he's local he's gonna teach us literally about his country and that's how we went into the street so there was we were so relaxed Nikolai wasn't relaxed obviously it was his first ever long race and he was really really scared so we also wanted to be more relaxed because of him so that he doesn't start panicking (laughs) but um it was really pleasant experience I must admit it was um everyone was very very friendly I, I think I was talking to you girls uh, when I did the Trans-Balkan race and just meeting the other t- other people racing everything seemed like oh my god no one is joking I don't belong here uh, all these people look too yeah. serious but no everyone was very relaxed very friendly um, chatting about you know uh, the sections 
How many teams were there, Ivana? Do you know? Um, yeah, it was in, in our um, race category. So there were two race categories. I haven't mm-hmm. mentioned that before. One was called Pure, and that was the World Championship Adventure Racing. And the other one that we did was Pursuit, which is kind of a lighter version, version of the championship. Uh, we had slightly shorter course, but I don't think it was more than 50K shorter. And they had additional paddling um, section, which was called pack rafting. So that means that when they raft on a special raft, they have to carry that raft through the trekking. So it was, wow. that was harder, definitely. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that doesn't really sound fun. Yeah, yeah. We signed up for Pure in first place. Actually, Luke signed for Pure, but since we didn't have a team and then we got yeah. Nikolai who is... He's not going to carry that raft by himself. <laughs> Nikolai's not going to carry the raft. No one is going to carry the raft we decided to, to move to Pursuit, which was definitely the right decision. Um, they had, uh, Pure had 50 teams and Pursuit had 25 teams. This episode is supported by Deep Dive Dubai. We know that our listeners love awesome adventures and take it from us, it doesn't get more awe-inspiring than the world's deepest pool. Measuring a record-breaking 60 meters, Deep Dive Dubai gives both scuba and freedivers the ability to discover an underwater world complete with the latest in dive technology and an abandoned sunken city. For those new to diving, like me, it's the ideal place to get started. And for those experienced to expert divers out there, it's the perfect place to hone your skills with exceptional facilities, expert staff, and state-of-the-art technology. Since it opened in 2021, it has mesmerized visitors and continues to deliver extraordinary experiences seven days a week. For more information and to book your experience, visit deepdivedubai.com. In my mind, I mean, just uh, listening to you talk about the race, uh, you're in a team, but I also feel like because you're going through, you know, bushland and you're, you know, you're canoeing and kayaking, you're isolated from all the other participants so did you meet anyone on the way or are you only meeting them on checkpoints perhaps no we we definitely met a couple of teams do you remember someone uh (laughs) we remember um, we uh, spent with maybe one or two teams uh, quite a lot of time because you definitely see people on the way uh because there are a couple of ways to navigate through any given terrain and a couple of people would choose to go over the mountain top and some other people go going to decide to go through the bush and so you'll see people you see people on the way some people were not as friendly as some people are kind of more competitive some people wanted to join join kind of forces with you and and track with you so um, different and that was allowed that's allowed if you want to mm-hmm. yeah it's not like in in cycling or um um bikepacking that you, you can't actually join forces with other individuals but we were lucky because Adrian is very was very good navigation and you can notice that like in a blink of an eye teams would like okay can we follow you please because you're so local <laughs> and we are not really quite sure how to move to the bush so Adrian was very generous and he allowed a couple of people but you to have one incident of getting lost in this tell yeah. us about that yeah. wow <laughs> well that was on um I think it was uh, towards the end it was the last, not last, it was the longest mountain bike session, section. It was 120 kilometers. And we were riding throughout the night. Maybe we slept two hours. And kind of towards the end, we have maybe 15 more kilometers to go, 20. And we had a stop, three of us. Nikolai was not with us that time. 
and we're like, okay, let's have a snack and let's kind of make a plan what we're going to do now. So we knew that there's a couple of teams behind us and it was like, let's not allow these teams to overtake us. Let's push. It's only 15 kilometers, right? And I said, yeah, okay, cool. I, I agree with that. They packed up and I stayed behind. I was just packing up my M&Ms, <laughs> my favorite fuel for the race. And it was kind of like, um, there was a, a curve going, we were behind the curve and then there is a road going straight and there was a road straight just next to that road going down and I didn't see them going down. They didn't see me because it was a very steep downhill and Luke didn't want to turn around um, just obviously it was not safe, but I continued straight and I was like, oh, they're so fast. And I kept riding so, so fast because, you know, uh, how they could lose me like that. Like it's just, and I tried, tried calling them and I paddled faster and faster and faster, but I could see the track. I could see the tread, the, the tire tread on the road. And I was like, I'm going in the right direction. Like it's, but there was no turn. I didn't see this turn uh, mm. going down. It's, it's a split second. Imagine like they're going down and I'm going straight. So they don't see me. I don't see them. I'm higher up. And I was riding like that maybe 15 minutes. And I was like, in my head, I'm already so upset with Luke. How come he didn't turn back to check where I was? Like, <laughs> I was calling and calling and Luke, Adrian, what's going on? Where are you guys? And there was a point that I reached, um, just there was no, no, no more road. And there was like a, they call it bluff. It's, it's a cliff looking down the river. And I was like, well, they're not there. Like, I just, it's impossible. Like I lost them. I can't go there. Like, I was like, but where are they? Like, I'm lost. Like I started panicking at that point. Mm. Hopefully it was during the day. And I was like, what I'm going to do now? I don't have any tracker. Luke has um, um, messenger messenger tracker adrian has the, the 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 main tracker i have nothing phones are not allowed i was like i probably have kind of maybe not enough food but there is river i can get some water i know that so you were was, calling out to them like verbally verbally like it was i was probably lost 15 minutes oh gosh and then i was like i'm thinking i had like uh last time i saw a village or someone or a house was probably maybe three four hours ago and if I try to go that way, I'm sure I'll find someone and mm. they can call the race organizer and I'm just, just, I'm going to finish the race. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. I already had plan A, B and C. Mm. And then I kept going back, but I was literally screaming and I was like, at some point I started crying because I was so scared. Oh, I was also emotional because um, I also got my period um, um, wow. 10 days after, after uh, twice a month, basically, because there's such a big stress on the body. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so um, I'm going back and I see Adrian. Oh my God. <laughs> did you like, did you want to hug or like punch them? Because I would think <laughs> yeah, mixed emotions. Uh, okay, well, I was like, he apologized and Luke was apologizing. Was Luke, like, oh, oh my God, I thought you fell off the cliff. I, I can't. Oh my this. God. <laughs> Luke went backward, go back, and Adrian went forward. And I was like, You're... I mean, I gathered myself pretty quickly, but I was mm-hmm. really scared. But the thing is, they were also scared. It's not that, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. I, bl- I was blaming them, you know, in my head, but <laughs> it was my fault, right? <laughs> it's like, and then from now, from, from, from that point, like, go in front of us, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was really, oh um, 
I was that one of the most challenging or scariest moments in the race for um, you? Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I think it was the most challenging one. And then it took me a while to get back to, you know, to myself. Hmm. Yeah, because I would, you know, it, I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Just leave me alone for a little bit. And I kept riding and I would just randomly fall off the bike because I was like, yeah, <laughs> totally distracted. And at some yeah. point, Luke is like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was like, can you just please? leave me alone leave me alone for a second I don't know if I'm okay let me just just touch the body like okay I'm okay because my brain needs to connect to my body to just to know if I'm okay or not yeah Yeah. not his fault at all you know Uh, being woman on hormones like it's (laughs) I think sometimes too like these races bring out such such complex emotions within you and trying yeah. to process them on the spot like sometimes it's really difficult yeah I mean I can't imagine anyone can keep their composure in yeah, those situations I, I, I it's just... I lost it, lost it that, that time and there was another time as well it was um, a kayak section toward, it was um, um, stage, stage number 10 and Luke and I have, haven't done together whitewater rafting so because here it's really hard to, to do it you can do it in a, in a lane but it's very complicated we were yeah. training for whitewater rafting when we were doing eco challenge but now we had it was only two of us so yeah. it, it was really complicated and i'm not confident in luke luke is not confident in me we are not really good strong paddlers and rapids you know it's dangerous right yeah. then we are at the race briefing i'm with luke in the boat Adrian is just Adrian. He's been equalized, so he can sort out any sorts of situations. So <laughs> I wouldn't be scared at all. Seems like we all need an Adrian on a yeah. kit list. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and they are brief, they're briefing us about the, you know, potential dangers and what we need to do. And, you know, like there is a strainer and then you can get underneath and you just have to be careful. And, and I'm like there, I'm so scared. I started crying, like, is, is, are you okay so yeah, yeah i'm okay just have a tummy pain but i was so 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 scared like first time luke and i together in a boat doing rapids we have no clue what we're doing but yeah we managed to do well somehow i don't know <laughs> <laughs> you got through it yeah, so it was scary what was the highlight of the race for you was there a moment where you were just like this is amazing the whole race was amazing like except those moments where you're just um, a little bit um, more emotional than you should be mm-hmm. it's important to let your emotions as well yeah let your emotions flow but feel your feelings <laughs> let others deal with it right yeah. just being in the nature that that's the most beautiful part about this race and being able to see all these areas that are probably not uh, accessible to anyone basically so some of the areas are so remote that i'm sure if it wasn't for this race i would never be able to explore the country in this way yeah mm-hmm. yeah and just connecting with nature connection with nature was so strong that you feel every day that you actually belong here and it's so mm. nice to sleep in the nature it's it really something special mm. i don't think you, you you would be able to do that in any any other race except except uh, adventure race or backpacking where you're you're just there with nature yeah. you have yeah. no choice but to adapt. 
So on a scale of one to 10, uh, how would you, and from all the races that you've done so far, how would you rate God's zone in terms of challenge or difficulty? And then what tips would you give to someone who would want to kind of, you know, sign up for a race like this? So my perception is that it definitely wasn't the hardest race that I've done, but also it's because I didn't go there to win the race or I didn't mm -hmm. go there to compete in the race. I just went for the adventure. So I couldn't rate it maybe six or seven. It is, concept is really challenging, but it also depends on how much you're challenging yourself during that event. So definitely, definitely not the hardest race I've done, but in terms of preparation, I think you just need to be um, having years of endurance training. Mm -hmm. You just have to be comfortable cycling um, for hours or trekking for hours. So it doesn't have to be a really, you don't have to be an exceptional athlete to do this race. You just have to be building this endurance. You don't have to be the fastest. You don't have to be the strongest on the bike. You just have to keep going. So I would say that, and you need to practice your kayaking and your <laughs> skills just for the mental health. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but having a good team composition was really useful for you guys as well, right? Yeah, definitely. We, we definitely were lucky. Luke and I know each other very well and we train together all of the time. So I knew there was not going to be any issue. Um, we're not going to have any issue in a team. Adrian is an angel, super relaxed person. He is just, just amazing. And he was, he's super easy going. So it was easy to blend in with him. Mm -hmm. Nikolai, he, he's a newbie. So he was relying on us. So he, he was just trying to, you know, catch up as much as he could. And we kind of, it was not a role, but we just talked about what's important for the team. We, we had a couple of team meetings where we were talking about, you know, things that are important uh, and the dynamic of race. And we tried to, to play with that dynamic over the course and it, we got better and better with dynamics of the, of how, how we are moving, how we are eating, how we are sleeping. And Adrian was kind of a guide. So it, we didn't have any, we, we, we listened to, to Adrian's suggestions and we could do some input, Luke and I, from our experiences and Nikolai was just, you know, okay, good, no problem. So easygoing team was the team to go. I think, um, Ivana, you seem like a dream team member as well. When I was speaking about with you and Audrey on the trans Balkan team, like, and you guys, I mean, Audrey too, like I know Audrey, you guys are both very, very easygoing. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I think it's, the mind, your mindset's so yeah. Yeah, important. And just being positive and, you know, of course it's going to be hard in the race, but you just, you know, go with the flow and, you know, it's, it's, would I, the advice, Nicola, Nicola asked me, what's your advice? How I'm going to deal with, uh, you know, when it's, when the tough, how you call the tough get, okay, cut this out. The tough get going. When the, go, when yeah. the going gets get tough, tough the, the tough gets going. Tough, the tough get yeah. going. What do we do? And I was like, you know, it's going to get tough. Yeah. But, you know, just, just try. You to get tougher. You get tougher, definitely. Uh -huh. But it, it's, you'll go low, like with your energy, with your thoughts. But, you know, it, it's, you're going to get high as well. Mm. So your energy is going to be flowing, but yeah. you just accept it. Complaining is definitely not going to help you. You just break it down in, in small sections and eat food, eat sweets. That helps always. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's important. Where right? have I heard that before? <laughs> 
you know you know about the eating competition every time <laughs> um New Zealand as well, just to your point about being in nature, I can imagine, like, I've been to New Zealand uh, many years ago, but it is magical. Like, I couldn't imagine a better place to do an adventure race like this. It's really stunning. Um, I didn't expect to uh, New Zealand to be that magical, but definitely exceeded my expectations. And also the um, culture people of people and how they treat their nature and they're so everyone is so involved in trying to conserve nature and it's just it's amazing their attitude towards that that's why they have nature that they have because they do they put a lot of effort um, to preserve the forest to make sure that all bird species are 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 there on on the count Mm. and it's just really beautiful to see that would you do this race again Mm, definitely (laughs) but not without adrian so i'm not sure (laughs) i think adrian's going to be in demand after this yeah i think so too hey please can you just um um, do bbbb when i mention the name so no one knows about adrian okay (laughs) for sure the new the uh, the the new zealand guy (laughs) new zealand he's an adventure the adventure racing scenes best kept (laughs) secret adrian (laughs) Yeah, without a good navigator, this race wouldn't be possible. No matter how fit you are, no matter how good your team are, as as in um, how well you function as a team, but without navigator, you wouldn't be able to do this. Uh, our final question to you, and I'm going to change this a bit because I know athletes sometimes feel mm-hmm. pressured when they're asked this question right after they've done a race. Mm-hmm. And it's not always about what's next. So just yeah. tell us what you're doing for the next few days. For the next few days. Hmm. Well, well, knowing Ivana, she's probably like running a 100K <laughs> race. Okay, yeah. Well, a weekend is coming, so I'm definitely going to be <laughs> in the mountains. I'll be doing a little bit of hiking, uh, trying to do more hiking because um, apparently r- being a good runner doesn't mean that you're a good hiker, which is true. <laughs> and God's on also confirmed that. So I'll be hiking over the weekend, doing a little bit of run hopefully be able to get on my bike maybe with you Dawn as well we can do mushrif together yes. <laughs> yes, and Ashton yes. can join us <laughs> yes I can definitely try <laughs> the trails of mushrif yeah it's fun but sorry and I'm I'm gonna break ranks here yeah. with Afshan but are, do you have anything in the diary coming up uh yes yes I do of course I always do something have something <laughs> <laughs> um I am racing in Croatia in less than a month it's um, one of the UTMB races and it's a 69 kilometer race in Istria Mm -hmm. so that's my kind of first race of the season I can because I'm I'm, I'm focusing this year uh, on trail running and and sky running and ultra running so I consider this to be my first race of the season sorry goes on was an adventure this is the race where I'll try to do something and kind of to push myself out of the comfort zone more and the A race for this year is in July, which is the Sky Running um, Championship, European Championship. And I'll be representing Serbia in, in this championship. Amazing. It's a shorter race. Uh, it's 50K, shorter than I usually do. But its elevation is 4,400 meters, which is a lot. Mm. So it's much more technical race. And um, I'll definitely need to spend more time in the mountains working on my power hiking. 
Amazing. Awesome. Anything else to add about the race? Anything else? Well, if I participate again in the race and if it's not with Luke, if he's doing something else, maybe he does another, makes another team. I would, I would love to do this with um, um, teams of four girls. Mm -hmm. wow. How dynamics is. Um, but again, someone needs to do navigation. It's not going to be. be. <laughs> <laughs> so any good navigators out there? Yeah, female Adrian out there. <laughs> maybe I will wait for Adrian's daughter to um, yeah. get a little bit yeah. older. She's um, maybe 17, no, 15, I think. So maybe Adrian's daughter in future. Mm. So, it's in her DNA, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but these guys are phenomenal. They During COVID, they, as a family, they cycled 4,000 kilometers wow. to New Zealand. Um, and the youngest uh, boy was six at the time. Wow. It shows you um, how much all of them love adventure. And Excellent. Well, thanks awesome. so much. Thank you, Ivana. Us. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. Thank you so thanks. much. Yeah, very nice to hear about it. And um, yeah, we'll we love to catch up with you again after you're yeah. back from your other races. <laughs> Likewise, I'm always here. There is another race, but I'm not going to tell you yet, but it's going to be the longest one I've ever done. Okay. Keep an eye on the socials yeah. for that. Yeah. Then. yeah. <laughs> Amber, you can wait. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, we ask that you please share it with family, teammates, friends, and even frenemies, or share via social media. Please also leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Five stars only. And visit us on themetalset.com for more stories and resources. Thanks again for listening. Your support means the world to us. This is The Metal Set. <laughs>